You are listening to TJ Talks. Be aware, this show contains explicit language. All right, welcome to TJ Talks. I'm Jed, and with me is... I'm Teresa. Hey, hey. How are you, Jed? I am doing great. Welcome. It's almost May. Can you believe it? It's almost May. Hi, hi, hi. I have spring fever. Man, I'll tell you. You know what I have? I have leftover M&Ms from Easter, an Easter basket. Okay. Check that out. You see that bag? <laughs> All green M&Ms. All green M&Ms. That sexy lady on there. What's the story about that? What are they trying you know, to say? They really kind of sexified the whole Eminem branch now. I don't, or the franchise. I, I don't know. I mean, that whole leg thing. That's pretty crazy. Mm, my and God. And then that one that was naked on the Super Bowl commercial. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's a little much. Green Eminems. Well, when I was in elementary school, just like you, I'm sure, we had that deal about the green Eminems. Mm-hmm. You remember? Oh, and, yeah. And, it, you know, and I remember there were girls who would not eat the green Eminems. And all the boys wanted to eat. The, Give me that green M M&M. and M. Right, that was the whole deal. That was right? the whole deal. Yeah, because according to uh, according to child urban legend, you would become a horny little kid if you <laughs> ate green M and M's and make you horny. Well, I don't think as children we understood all of that, but yes, I do. I, I recollect learning well, that more in junior high I, and high school. I, I, but yes, I, I'm not the sure. Green M and M's. I think it may, meant that you'd get kissed by a girl or something. And then, of course, later on, it would be like, you know, hey, <laughs> a little bit more than that. <laughs> and then there's a brown M&M urban legend, too, that has nothing to do with horniness. It has everything to do with Van Halen. So we'll talk about that. Really? I haven't heard this one. I just want to know where that green M&M thing came from. You know, where where did that originate? So we'll have to think about that. But anyways. Yes. This really is a great transition because today on the podcast, we are going to talk about urban legends and myths and things of that nature. And what's true, what's not true. Yeah. Are you guilty of posting one of these things that's not true? Nothing makes me angrier than getting something like that. Yeah. So, you know... um, Well, let me... Hold on. I want to start start with something else first. Sure. Okay? Because we're going to get to the urban legend thing. Mm -hmm. But there were... There's three things I'm going to talk to you about, and then I want you to tell me if you think they're urban legends or not. And they're recent, okay. just kind of recent things. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, 3,000 miles from where it started, a soccer ball landed on the shores of Alaska, and it floated 3,000 miles from Japan. It was a soccer ball that belonged to this 14-year-old kid. It had been signed by his teammates. It's tsunami damage, and it floated all the way to Alaska. And that is totally something of urban legend proportion, right? Like, you don't really think that could happen, but the people that found it located the kid. They sent him back his soccer ball. He's all over the Internet. That's pretty crazy. Urban legend or not? Hmm. It, it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And you know, Absolutely true. But you know what? If you think about it, the way that the – um, and this is only because I was a sailor on the West Coast that I w- would know this a little bit more than other people. But the um, the jet stream flows in that direction. It, it flows from uh, in a circle, like a clockwise circle around the Pacific. 
Right. So, yeah, that makes sense that the waters would flow in that direction and eventually would make it that way. But the randomness of a soccer ball, which could be deflated and a hole poked in it with all the other tons of debris that are floating around, is really kind of interesting, right? Like, it's the what is the uh, sidekick for Tom Hanks in that oh, right. island movie? You know, Wilson, right? Hey, Wilson, and yes. Poor Wilson floats off. And so it made me think, I wonder if Wilson's still floating out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, ex- it could be. It could well be. All right. So urban legend. Yeah. Or not. Okay. Um, there are brides who 15, 20 days before their wedding mm-hmm. are going on feeding tubes and having these tubes inserted into their noses. And they're constantly dripped into this feeding tube a formulation of fat, oil, uh, saline, and glucose. So it's a constant nutritional drip of about 800 calories a day. And are people really doing this to lose upwards of 20 pounds in 10 days? Yes. Cause, cause, <laughs> Have you seen this no, on the news No, week? no, but I know that there are crazy brides out there. This is like – this is a bridezilla thing. Bridezilla for I, sure, And, and right? any, anything, anything that a woman will do before their wedding, I believe the most craziest things. It, it just – I mean I, – I, and sorry, ladies, but – no, it's true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. And it is true that women will do whatever to – but, okay, so when you think about it, right, they showed this woman and she sh- they show her getting the thing inserted in her nose, which uh-huh. right there just instantly makes your sphincter slam shut because it <laughs> looks so disgusting, right? So then you, you sit there and you watch it and then she's got to go to work and move around really? and she's going to the mall and she's doing all this stuff. And she's got this feeding tube and a little plastic bag attached to her purse. That feeds her. It's crazy. You know, when I was on the submarine, there was a guy. He was able to somehow suck a piece of spaghetti up his Uh. nose, (laughs) and then he got it to come out his mouth. And that was like excitement for us. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. I get get the desire to lose 20 pounds in 10 days, and Uh I'm trying to figure out if I have enough vacation time that I could actually do this and just stay home. (laughs) I'm not getting married or anything, but I'd like to lose the 20 pounds before the summer. Wouldn't you so be hungry was- as hell? What's that? You'd still be hungry as hell. No, they say you're not hungry because it's a constant drip. Really? So psychologically, you might be hungry. And for those of us with food issues, I think that's a big problem. But also, I assume you have a little bit of loss of appetite with the giant tube down your nose and throat. I think that might diminish it. I don't know. It's like when you have dental work. You're not so anxious to eat a bunch of Oreos right after you have your teeth cleaned, right? So uh- you need to temper that a little bit. You know, if I just exercise for some reason, my appetite's diminished. That's a neat idea. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, right? You could just exercise and eat less. Come yeah. On, that's crazy talk. Okay. All right. The last thing, fact or fiction. There is a line of sunglasses being produced and the designer name on the sunglasses is Helen Keller. I'm going I'm, I'm to say that's false because there's no way. No it's way. It's absolutely true. There's a Chinese company marketing high-end sunglasses under the name of Helen Keller. And, and you know, like you would have a Calvin Klein or something. It's just crazy that they would do this. But apparently in um, China, mm-hmm. one of the things they they teach in American history is about Helen Keller and about her courage and her willing – um, willingness to adapt and learn. So she's quite a popular American figure uh, in in China for some reason. I so. think that's awful. I, I, it, and you probably saw in the news talking about weird things of that nature that they have a, a Ronald McDonald that was dressed up like Hitler. 
see you that. didn't see this? Yeah, and they made him take it uh, take it off and stop selling it. But there was an artist, and he said, "Oh, it's art! Don't you guys see the art?" And the I guess the Israeli um, uh, ambassador or whatever went over there and said, "You know, it's insensitive, and you should not do that." Um, it seems a little insensitive to do this too. So I, I get it. They're, I do. They're, they're claiming they're trying to play homage to her. I, I don't know. Yeah, I got an idea by by having glasses. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. That's the best way to do it, right? All right. Uh, wow. Well, so, those are all true stories, but we're going to talk about some of the falsities. Uh huh. Falsies, falsities. I don't know. Falsies are another thing, right? <laughs> falsies. Yes. <laughs> another thing. Um, we're we could talk about those for hours, but we're going to talk about the falsities that are out there. On the internet, right? And there's just a ton of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at Facebook because Facebook is one of those places where now it used to be in your inbox, you'd get some sort of thing like, you know, don't open up an attachment if it says, you know, the horror, you know, you know, whatever it was, you know. The, right, right. And then, of course, you'd be told if you forward this email to 10 people, your luck will come true. And if you forward this email, that uh, Bill Gates will give a dollar for every email. Oh, my gosh. Anybody who believes that, first of all, just needs to be punched in the throat, right? Like, don't – nobody is going to give enough money away that you clicking like on something is going to make them donate a dollar. And there's – how many billion Facebook users? Is there like, you know, 10 billion Facebook users or something? It's crazy the amount of people that are on it. Right. So. But there, nobody is um, giving anything away. In fact, recently I was on and it, someone posted a thing and it looked legit. I swear it did. It looked legit to the point I actually clicked on the link and it was a total link bait even for me. And it was for a free movie ticket at AMC. It's, and mm-hmm. I thought maybe this was like some limited time experimental thing for you know, 24 hours, they're going to give away tickets, right? right. It's possible, I suppose. And it, well, maybe if it was regionally to your town or something, but not to everybody on Facebook. Well, I mean, you know, the first uh, 10,000 people on Facebook, but you know how fast those would go? In a millisecond, it would be gone. I would think, right? Yeah. As, no, vi- I, yeah. as viral as these things go. So. Unless it was for like a giveaway for a free IRS audit or something. Then, of course, <laughs> I'd be one of the first 10,000 to click through. <laughs> when right. I win something that's bad. <laughs> right. So I clicked on it, and then I said, hmm, they want more information. No. And I left. And then I went over to AMC's actual Facebook page where I didn't see anything about a giveaway at all. Right. And then I left a post on there and I said, hey, you know, what's the story on this giveaway? Well, today I got a response 24 hours later. Hey, no, that's all totally bogus. So, um, yeah. And these poor companies have to do all this damage control, right? Oh, and absolutely. Lord knows I'm not a big fan of big giant companies. But JetBlue was getting scammed this way. Southwest has been scammed this way where, you, you know, put on there. If you click on this and get 10 friends to post it, you're going to get free tickets. And then they have to deal with this PR nightmare when, you know, Ingrid calls them up and says, hey, I posted my thing and I got 25 people to like it. Where are my free tickets? They have to fight that fight. It's just it's pointless. I don't know why anybody thinks anything would be for free, first of all. That just – it never happens. Well, and the other thing is there's no con- contractual obligation. I mean, okay, come come take me to court. <laughs> Yeah, what are they going to do, right? What, it's just a what, waste of everybody's energy. And, and what if it was real and someone just did that just for the purpose of, you know, publicity? It's you a know, great way to do it, you know, right? You know, yeah, hire, it's not a bad idea. Hire some group of people that, you know, you can, you know, you're the PR department. You go, hmm, we need to bring our brand name up. 
even if it's in, in a bad, bad way. In a bad way. We'll go we'll hire Jed and, Ter- and Teresa to, you know, post some crap on the internet for us. <laughs> it goes Yeah, it could work actually. I'm trying to think there's a way there's a pyramid scheme here waiting to be built because we could tell everybody to send us a dollar. Yeah. And then we're going to send them something, right? And but, whatever that something is, as the dollars are coming in, we're buying them a few at a time. I think there's a Ponzi scheme here. We just got to work out the details. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's almost like a that's almost like an urban legend, right? <laughs> that could be, yeah. How two maniacs started their own Ponzi scheme. That's a good urban legend. I know. Wow. Do you have any favorites? My favorite urban legend. Wow. You know, that's – didn't really think about. Well, I mean the biggest favorite one, yeah. I'm sure it should be yours, is mine, is the Richard Gere gerbil uh, felching thing, right? Oh. Like did that really happen or not? Um, I don't think that did. I think that's an urban – total urban legend. Well, you know where to go to find out, right? Right. You're right. And let's talk about that. If you're getting ready to post on something on the internet – if you think for a moment, if you look at it and in the back of your mind, you go, I wonder if that really is true. <laughs> you know, <laughs> is it really true about that particular virus or something like that? Or, right. you know, that's going to affect all these computers. Like on midnight on Friday the 13th, all the computers in the world are going to go. Right. Isn't happening. But you uh, can go to the website, Snopes.com. You should check it out. And. Let me just tell you a little bit about Snopes for people who don't actually know the background. A lot of people think that it's some sort of uh, left-wing, democratic, liberal um, website, you know, yes, that's it. That, that it's all, you know, has some political motives. I can assure you they do not. They are, have no political agenda whatsoever. Their only agenda is to get clicks at their site, to visit their site, click them up, help them make money to keep their website going. They actually go out and they investigate to a large degree and, and have source on their website where they've gotten these particular legends or I shouldn't say legends, but where they validated them, you know, where they've done the research. So you don't just get an answer. You get an answer with links, kind of like how we go to Wikipedia and there's stuff to validate what they've written. Right. And they kind of do the same thing, but just for urban legends. Now, mind you, they're completely copyrighted. We're not going to start quoting stuff off their website because, you know, but we will say if Snopes reports it to be true or false. Right. Well, this one, they, they claim to call it From Gear to Eternity, which I thought was rather clever. Yeah. And the claim is a celebrity makes a trip to the emergency room to have a gerbil removed from his rectum. Uh-huh. And it is proven as false. As false. That. Richard Gere did not do that. Now, there is apparently a true medical account of this happening, but it's not this widespread deviant sexual practice called felching, I think is what it was named, um, that doesn't really happen very often. Or if it does, people are more successful at it and they don't end up going to the emergency room. But the premise is you insert a rodent into your rectum through like a paper towel holder, like a paper tube, (laughs) and then... Unfortunately, it's planned with the demise of the poor animal in mind, and it's going to scratch and claw and supposedly create some sort of sensation. So it's not pleasant, and I wouldn't want to be known for it. That's for sure. Wow. You know, you just you got the end of this podcast for sure with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, for those of you who are interested in a little of that, um, mm-hmm. it can be 
be done. It's just not recommended for you or the gerbil. So probably wow. not what you'd want to do. But those are the examples of these things. And poor Richard Garrett's had to live with that, right? Like, I wonder how he addresses it, or I assume he doesn't. But it has to come up, right? <laughs> well, job interviews or something. Oh, okay, okay. Well, well, we know. Okay, we know that the Richard Gear thing is is totally false. But how about um, uh, what's his name eating the head off a bat? Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. What's the status on that one? Is that true or false? True. It's true. It's oh, true. I didn't know that. And, and, okay. and here's the deal. And you can, I mean, anybody can look it up on Snopes, but I'm not even looking there. But the deal is that he, I saw this, I think, on an interview on MTV or VH1 or one of those things. He thought that it was a toy bat or a chocolate bat or something like that. And he, of course, he's, been, you know, normally he's kind of wigged out on stuff. I was going to say, yes. Back in the day. So he didn't know that it was a real bat when he did it. He thought it was part of the show. So it wasn't, he bit the head off thinking it was uh, not real. Not real. And then obviously learned instantly that it was. And and I don't know, for some reason I was trying to remember if he had to go get rabies shots afterwards or not. Oh, I would assume. That's what I... Well, or maybe they tested the dead bird for it, or bats aren't birds, but whatever they are. They're rodents, actually. They what? They're rodents. They're rodents, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Ugh, God. So someone threw a real bat up on the stage, and he... And he bit the head off. off. Yeah, that's that's how I understand the real story goes, and that he thought (sighs) it was not real. So there's there's an urban legend. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Um... Rock stars are prone to this sort of thing, right? Like this whole brown M&M situation with Van Halen, right? Have you heard this story? No. What's that? Okay. So there is an infamous rumor that Van Halen in their best touring days, the mid-80s, late, early to mid-80s, would demand that any venue that they go to, uh, when they served the green room, the dressing room, you know, snacks, that they would remove all the brown M&Ms out of their bowl of candy that would be they'd always put a bowl of m&ms but all the brown ones must be removed really? so it kind of got yes so it kind of got them tainted as very difficult and problematic and you know who, who are you to request the brown m&ms but the thing is when you do a concert tour like this and they they started claiming that when they hit the road after uh this was still david lee roth time right so mm-hmm. they've got all their hits 1984 album comes out it's a major major hit they're doing rock and roll shows in stadiums, giant venues, lots and lots of moving lights, which was new technology at the time. Very expensive, extensive concerts. Lots of manpower to put them on. Lots of equipment overhead. Huge sound, huge everything. And they were afraid that some of these venues that were signing them up weren't really capable of handling the level of technical data and technical processing that they needed to put on the show and put it on well because they, they just wanted Van Halen to come to the, you know, the forum, right? That mm-hmm. doesn't mean the forum is ready to have Van Halen there. So they would put this note into their rider that they would send before and that way when they got to the venue and if they were brown M&Ms, they would assume that the rider was never read and they would throw a fit and make sure that everything was inspected, everything was changed, everything was adhered to because they had all this equipment and all these people's lives at stake when they were doing these shows with all this high-tech stuff. So it does sort of make sense that you put – So it was could, true. It's true. They did have a detail in there that was really specific to that because uh-huh. they needed to make sure that the, the venues were actually reading their details because all the other things that they needed that were 
life and death situations, they needed to make sure they would be adhered to. Wow. So well, that's yeah, a it great... wasn't that they were just being prima donna rock stars. Well, it might have been a little bit of that, but it yeah. wasn't all of that. So well, they a, had a reason behind it. That's a great story. Yes. That's a great yeah. story. Um, and actually, did you know that you can find a lot of writers for concerts and stuff at the smokinggun.com? Oh, I'm not surprised. That's a good website. I haven't been on that one in a long time. So, so if you're looking for just interesting reading, I think they've posted uh, Weird Al Yankovic's writers, which are pretty <laughs> weird. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them for concerts and They can stuff. be very strange. And some of the artists can be really demanding and a little bit assholish in yeah. their you know notes that they want. But hey, you're there. It is what it is, right? You know, they want you to be there, so they should get you what you want. Well, you know, it's like the zillion bottles of water and all, you know, but it isn't just that. It's all the other things. Well, it's not just water. It's Perrier water. Oh, and yes. I, Very I specific. Yeah. 84 degrees and not, I don't want any sweat on the glass <laughs> and make sure there's no static electricity in the room. Like you can control any of these things, right? Sure. So yeah. Those are demands that are a little outrageous. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but these Types of legends, urban legends, always sort of – I mean we're talking about celebrity versions, but there's a lot of like political ones, right? Yeah. And I think you know we kind of get caught up in that. And do you feel like you get the Anwar uh, email about drilling in Anwar and how the liberals don't want to do it and that would solve all our oil problems? And- oh, I didn't get that one. Oh, you, well, because you don't have a lot of conservative friends maybe. <laughs> oh, that's what I need. I, I, I do have a lot of conservative friends. I need to ask them why they're not helping me solve all of our uh, economic woes. Well, yeah, and there's just a bunch of falsities in it. And 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 I appreciate it. Everyone can have different opinions. That's fine. I'm not saying that. And maybe – Drilling in Anwar would be great. I don't know. And I can't recollect all of them off the top of my head. But it's just this passing on of information that's just blatantly wrong. It's just mm-hmm. blatantly wrong. Yeah. And who does that? I mean, other than Fox News. But who does that really and thinks that it's okay? I don't know. Well, you know, I think, though, then there we have a line. And as soon as you start to get into politics and the public sphere, you, you get into conspiracy theories right. versus urban legends. And conspiracy theories are way sexier, don't you think? Like black helicopters and shit. That's good stuff. Well, you know, the thing is that a conspiracy theory is is based upon the idea of nobody wants to tell us what the real deal is. So we'll just make shit up. Right. (laughs) And if it's a high level, really hush hush confidential thing, there can't be a lot of statements made about it to dispute the stuff we make up. Right. Well, and then and that's the other part is that you can make all the statements that you want and there's no official buddy coming out to deny anything that you say. Right. So they can't go on record one way or the other. Right. So the governor there from Minnesota, Jesse Ventura, former governor, former governor. Yes. He uh, had a show on A&E or one of these stations, True TV, one of them, on urban le- – well, not uh, conspiracy theories. Right. Yeah. And uh, he worked with a guy, and I guess he still does, Alex Jones or something, and they have a big conspiracy network on the internet. So even when they're not on TV, they, they're on the internet and everywhere else, radio shows, talking conspiracies. Okay. And, and you know, the funny thing is the TV show is great because he takes a whole hour and repeats everything three times. So it gives you 20 minutes of content in a full hour. So that way he can stop, go to commercial, come back, recap, get back into some more content and on and on and on. Interesting. And by it's the like 60 minutes. Of, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And, and then you feel, you're like, whoa, I can't believe all that stuff's real. But the way that they package it, it makes you kind of think, hey. But one thing Jesse Ventura does say, and I have to give him credit for this, is that if they would just come out and tell us the truth or tell us something, it would be no big deal. You would, that wouldn't be a conspiracy anymore. That the government almost makes it their business, and usually it's the government, to allow these conspiracies to get the legs that they do. In some cases, they come forward and tell stuff to people. But, you know, it's like I watched the, the 9-11 deal where the, yeah. the piece parts of the plane are in a hangar that are locked up. And they wouldn't let camera crews go in and, and, and take a look, wouldn't let the public go in and take a look at the stuff. Right. And, you know, it's because the rumor, this is the urban legend slash where it goes to conspiracy theory, is that the black boxes are in some hangar down there in New York City or wherever it is, and that they they have them for, the, you know, the World Trade Center. Sure. And if they and that what's on them is what's so damning, you know, and that's the the other part of the conspiracy Right. And yes. it's fascinating to think about, right? Because, okay, those black boxes are sort of indestructible or that's all we're ever told is right. how indestructible. In fact, that's the big joke. Why don't they make the plane out of the same material they make the black box out of, <laughs> yeah. right? So, so they have to be existing somewhere. And, and where are they, right? And it's never been made clear where right. they but, are. I mean, I was quick to believe that with the implosion of a building – and there's lots of stuff that did not survive. I mean, you don't necessarily see every desk and every chair. I mean, it's not like everything it, things disintegrated, things imploded. I mean, oh, most it, definitely. It was, an, yes. I mean, it, for a black box to, ex, you know, be maybe blown so far away, it could have been blown in the water. It could have been, you know, melted down in with the heat from the whole thing. Yeah, I'm willing to believe that. However, I guess, but the one from the Pentagon where that was more contained, that crash site, right? So did they find that one? No, that's the deal. They don't release any of that stuff. So no, you know that no, there's stuff there. No black boxes were found, right? No, For, and that, or, that they've ever admitted to. Right. So strange things like that make you raise your eyebrows. Like, well, what are they hiding by not saying anything? Like, like all every other plane crash, they find black boxes. Yeah. I mean, they find them like. Like, amazingly find them. But in this case, no, no dice. So, I mean, is Jesse on to something? Do you believe? I think there's something. I mean, something as mundane as Area 51, right? Like, right. we've always heard that that's where the aliens are. There is an alien spaceship there, whatever. And there's never really been any definitive answer. And I think, I almost think the government kind of gets off on making people think, well, maybe there's an alien or two over there. I mean, I don't know, right? Well, did, don't you, you did you hear that? Know? There was that theory that they did that on purpose during the Cold War to make the Russians think that we had alien technology and to keep them on their toes so that they were afraid of the United States during the Cold War. Very, very interesting. Well, I just learned last week that the guy who actually found the Titanic site, yeah, the actual Titanic, um, they claimed they were going to go look for the Titanic. And they did find the Titanic, but they, what they were really looking for were the wreckage of a different Soviet nuclear submarine that was somewhere in that same vicinity. Mm. So they marked that whole endeavor as, well, we're going to try to find the Titanic. And it was a positive side note that they did, but they uh -huh. were really looking for the Russian secrets, which I just think is great. I, did I they find it? Much. That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, he didn't disclose that, so I don't know. All he talked about was the Titanic. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? But 
so conspiracy theories abound everywhere, be it about political assassinations, the quote unquote new world order that's supposedly, you know, oh, yeah. happening. I, there's just so many different ones. And the 9-11 conspiracies alone, you could talk about them for hours. Right. And I know I've watched several documentaries about it and some of them are quite compelling right you just Absolutely. have to wonder yeah and but uh, you can see where this is part of the grayish portion of where is an urban legend versus a conspiracy theory like uh, one urban legend is about you know the crap that's in your food <laughs> well we talked about that last week right we, we did yeah the crap <laughs> right but that but that's taken on remember i remember the candy bars and how much uh, cat uh rat craps in a in a hershey bar and stuff like that and yes you know what they are allowed to uh have that much in there apparently but i don't necessarily know that that means that there really is Oh, I agree. I agree. I agree. I bet but you those I, places are crystal clean and there's a lot of lot of stuff that goes on in those places. Now, maybe if you buy, you know, the candy bar that's wrapped in white paper and, you know. Yeah, the no-name brand or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you might have a little problem. I do remember the, the statistic of how many 11 pubic hairs a year are consumed by people who eat fast food. <laughs> Yeah, but I know that that's a different story. That's with people who, you know, piss off the guy at the counter. Hey, Charlie. That's true. That's, yeah, that's more likely to happen than for it to be a random, yeah, Joe drop. Joe is here and he wants his burger now. <laughs> now, I think one of the biggest, grandest, most dramatic conspiracy theories is whether or not we really landed on the moon. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one, right? I, and I, so there was even a movie made about it. Do you remember the name of the movie? Um, Starring a murderer. Oh, God. Or alleged murderer. I don't know. Capricorn One oh, was Cap the name yes, of the movie yes, with O.J. Simpson as one of the stars. And it sort of deemed that the moon landing was a faux hoax. They actually shot it on a soundstage here in Chatsworth in the Valley in California in the L.A. area. Oh, was and that there's no way we could have really gone to the moon and had television viewing of it. There's a couple celebrities who really tout this. Uh one of them is pseudo-celebrity, Joe Rogan, is always talking about how he thinks the moon landing is bogus. And when you think about the fact, this is true, that we have more technology in our iPhones than they had when they sent men to the moon, that how did they really do that and pull it off and how do we get TV of it? Okay. Really? Okay. I, let me, let me <clears throat> take this one on. <laughs> <laughs> saying that we didn't do it i'm just saying it does give you go you did think hmm, how did that really i have happen? watched a lot of that stuff and there is a lot of things but i think nasa has done a really excellent job of addressing every single one you can watch and see nasa explain away every single conspiracy theories uh, you know concept Every you know everything that they point, like in the photos with the with the all the crosshairs and all that kinds of stuff that you see. In the, I think there were numbers on rocks or something like that. Oh, something like there, that. There were yeah, like exactly. there was all sorts of crazy stuff like that. But they explain it all away. The they explain how everything is the way that it is. And then, you know, the other one is the Van Allen belt that you know no human could go through the Van Allen belt and stand the radiation and all this kind of stuff. Which that's another theory. But right. the Reality is, uh, the moon ain't that far. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I work out here. I, I know rockets go into space, first off. So no matter what, guaranteed, that people watched human beings. And I mean, unless unless this is a magic trick that Penn and Teller pulled off, guys, <laughs> guys actually went inside capsules that were launched 
Because, I mean, you think about it. Uh, they It's not like they did it just one time. Like, woo! They did it and watched Splashdown, right? Right. In the ocean. And they pull out guys out of capsules. They have the actual capsules. They can be analyzed. Did the thing go into space or not? <laughs> it sure did. Well, if the government's the one analyzing it, then I don't know how much we can trust that. <laughs> well, you know. But we, I mean, I, I will say that NASA is probably filled with a lot more independent science-oriented people than we would think. There's a lot of little labs and stuff. So, I mean, these people, if they think that there's something wrong, there there's a lot of whistleblowers out there. in Because the, it, it tends to be a more liberal uh, organization filled with, you know, people who have less right. of, a, of that kind of agenda. And I think that whole whistleblower thing is what convinces me not to believe in the conspiracy theories about 9-11. That if it's this giant... Uh, you know, cover up that getting any hell, getting two people to agree to the same story over and over again or not divulge the wrong kind of secret is very difficult. Getting thousands of people like it would have taken to do such a thing as the 9 11 attacks, I think that's a little unbelievable. So I can't imagine there would be a way that that would have happened to the extent that we're being led to believe that people think it was. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So, lots of good conspiracy theory websites out there. And lots of That's good. a good hypothetical question. How much money would it take to keep you quiet about a conspiracy theory that you knew the truth about? It wouldn't, <laughs> it, would, it wouldn't take that much. <laughs> yeah, no theory there. We're just cheap and easy. So, yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just make sure that I can take a cruise every year, have new cars every couple of years. Um, I'm thinking a couple million. Couple million, that's all. Couple right? million, that's, right? That's big. The government so, can afford that. I'll right? keep quiet. A couple million. <laughs> I, I'm sure that the hitmen are a lot cheaper than the uh, than the money right, they give us. Right. So right. all those people are dead now. <laughs> well, that's true. Don't make anybody mad, like Breitbart or whatever. Obama have killed. Oh my God! See all these <laughs> ur- urban legend conspiracy theory. I don't know. Yep, it's true. You know. But uh, that's interesting stuff. Urban legends are, are, you know, what keeps us talking around the water cooler. <laughs> it is. And it's funny that they are generally known throughout the land, right? There's not – it's not regionally – you heard the Richard Gere story in Florida. We had it here in California. It's like, how does this happen? Oh. It's not like this information is regional. Oh, but that's way old. That's well, that a- one is. But even <laughs> current – Come on. There, there was one about Rod Stewart too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yes, everybody knew that come one too. On, come on. Right. I mean, we grew up with that stuff. <laughs> and if you want to know the Rod Stewart one, you can Google it because I am not going to because I'm not going to it up. All right. But well, if I gave you an idea, I think if I gave you an idea, now you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess we t- we've we've beaten these urban legends. And conspiracy theories around, not to death yet, but we'll talk about a few more at some point. It was a good yeah, topic. Yeah, but remember, if you if it looks kind of questionable, look it up before you repost it. Yes, you'll you'll be happy you did, and so will everybody else because they'll call you out on it. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, nobody lets you ride for free anymore if you I'm, don't snope something before you republish. Dun, you know, dun, dun. Yeah, the comments going to be. That's bullshit. Yeah, it's brutal <laughs> out there, right? Yeah. yeah. Usually I try to be nice and I'll send a private message. A private message is the way you're supposed to handle that. You're yeah. not supposed to call somebody, hey, dipshit, change your post. But Delete. a lot of people do that. They do. 
Of course, well, of course, there's some people who just can't stop themselves and everything gets posted. Every bullshit <laughs> thing gets posted. You know who those people are. Those are the people trying to raise their clout score, like me. Oh, you know what? Do we have a minute to talk let's about talk that? Let's talk about clout a little bit. Yeah. yeah let's talk about that. I think it's an that. important thing for people to know because I, I heard about it through you and I know you had a decent clout store, score. I and, do. And tell us a little bit about what clout is. You're better to speak to that than me. Okay. Well, you're on – lots of people are on multiple social networks. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook, Instagram, maybe Google+, LinkedIn. Um, let's see. There's uh, Foursquare and there's a few others on there. You can take a look. I think even blogger counts. You're, did you see YouTube? Yes. Oh, YouTube. It, That's yeah. right. That does too. Um, and so you link every one of your social networks into this website. And what they do is they analyze how you interact and how other people interact with you. And they do it over time plus what's the most recent interactions. And, mm -hmm. and that creates what they consider to be a clout score. So your numbers of postings and everything will play into that. And it's clout with a K, just so if anyone's looking for Googling it, clout with a K, K-L-O-U-T. Mm -hmm. And I, Google, I set mine up this morning and I went through it and it's based from 1 to 100. So, okay, I figured yeah, I'm, I'm out there. I'm connected in lots of uh, internet, social media. I've got Twitter. I've got Facebook. I've got the podcast. I've got lots of things going on. And my cloud score was only 17 and I felt so terrible. I feel like – I'm but, so unknown. But that's because you're not exposed. I know. So, the funny thing is if you look at my Twitter, I'm way exposed on Twitter. I know. Well, now so, you are. <laughs> now I am. And I was photographically exposed on some things, but not on all things that count apparently. So right. I changed my settings and uh -huh. made myself a little more open and uh, hopefully we'll get a higher cloud score and we'll have to sort of set up some more accounts at some of these things. The reason it became an issue for me is because I just read – Tony Robbins, of all people, just made a posting about how your cloud score can actually affect a job hiring or a potential Does candidacy it, for a job. Really? Yes. That who, who would even media, know to even look there? I guess, and I don't know how open it is. Like, it's like your credit score, right? I guess somebody can inquire about it and get the information, and that's how I believe it happens. I think when you sign up for clout, you say, I'm making this profile that probably anybody can look at it, because you want people to know how much clout you have, right? You want it to be. Now, I didn't see anybody that I knew because it brought up people that I knew. Yeah. Anybody with a higher score than you, you were the highest at 52, I believe. Yeah. And I, it's probably going up every day. Well, it goes up and down is what it does. Mine and is then the interesting thing that I saw was yeah. that if you go to a hotel and yeah. say you're going to go to Vegas and you're checking out a hotel mm -hmm. and they're going to put in Mr. Judd Spitzer yeah. and somehow that connection is also connected to clout. Yeah. And they see that you're above 50, so they're going to offer you an instant upgrade or something because they're going to assume that you're going to Facebook about that, you're going to tweet about that, you're going to put something on your blog about that, you're going to Instagram a picture from the Hard Rock Hotel and mm -hmm. Casino. They're going to upgrade you to make your experience better because you are their new marketing tool staying at their hotel. Well, that's true because I will. I'm going to go on a cruise and I'm going to definitely tweet and Facebook and that. Instagram all about it. and. Like right now I'm looking um, – and in fact, I, like I have these top influencers who have more clout than me. My my cousin, Molly, who you can visit, oh. molly.com. Check her out. Yeah. She's, a, she's a web evangelist. She's got a 61 
for wow, her class score. Wow, good for her. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I have I'd like to at least have my age as my class score. Not- <laughs> I know. Yes, I, I, today I'm 52. My best class score, I guess, has been 54. Wow, that's moving up in the world. It's All pretty right. good. Pretty pretty good. So I guess what we need to do, some of the things that you have to do to get your class score up is tweet, interact with people on Twitter, uh, and, right. and use tags. Uh, create lists and mentions like I'm looking and it tells you, you know, how many comments, how many likes, like I got over a thousand likes while post received. It's the, it's the return. The way that people interact with you is very important. Right. It's, you know, it's as much as important as uh, the outgoing, but the incoming is, is very important to affect your cloud score. So interesting. And who to thunk that it would be, a deal, right? And an important thing to have or an important thing to keep aware of. So not only is your online reputation important, you know, don't post your crazy drinking tequila pictures if you're looking to be a school teacher. You can't do that, right? So you have to keep your online reputation clean and you also have to be out there enough that you have a decent clout score. So another thing to worry about. I know. So let me see. What other social uh, networks can you add to your clout? Let's see here. That's what I should see. Um, maybe it's under. Hold on a second. Settings. Connected networks. Okay. Oh, LinkedIn, which I haven't done. Foursquare, YouTube, Tumblr, Blogger, WordPress, Flickr, oh and okay. Last FM. Coming soon, they're going to add on Yelp, Posterous. Which I am a big posterous poster. But, okay. But I'm not really, there's not much connection there. And actually, in case you didn't know, posterous got bought by Twitter. Oh. But what's cool about posterous is posterous, I, like I use Instagram and then I will have Instagram post to posterous. Ah. And then what posterous does posts to Twitter and Facebook for me. And you're probably- oh, it just complicates things for me because sometimes I post things in one area that I wouldn't want to post in another. Uh, so but, when I connect them all, but you can, but you can choose every single Instagram post on only Twitter, only Facebook, none oh. of them at all. Okay. Or go to Posterous, and the reason I do Posterous is because it's another, it's a a way for me to go to my my Instagram photos outside of Instagram. Gotcha. Oh. Because you can't go to Instagram on the web. Correct. It's only a Mac, Apple-based well, now access, I, right? Well, now I Android as well. Okay. But I like to put it on Posterous because then if I go to Posterous, I get to see everything on the web. Right. So that's, right. that's my, my rationale. And then occasionally I will actually blog at Posterous. That's my, okay. my unofficial blog from there. Okay. So I do stuff like we'll write. You know, can you believe that BS? <laughs> not on my watch. Yeah, not on my watch. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know who bought Tumblr, but Tumblr has been bought as well by somebody. Oh, okay. But maybe I, I will connect my LinkedIn today. Let's see if that increases my cloud score. You know, I was just thinking I haven't done much with LinkedIn. I'll probably do that. And then this branched out thing on Facebook is another deal. What's and that story? I'm not, I haven't even done that. I don't even know what's Oh, happening. branched out. That's another one coming soon. Yeah. I know, right? So I do Yelp occasionally. I like Yelp. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Well, see, I haven't. I had. I have an account, and I haven't used it. So. <laughs> see, 
Well, you would be a 55 on your cloud score if you used if you yelped every once in a while. I, yeah, I probably Yelping, would. Yelping, isn't that what Richard Gere did? I don't know. What's that called? <laughs> I, yeah. I probably, well, yeah. Anyway, so that's what we're to- doing here. We're all trying to get our clout up. <laughs> increase our standard for influence so we can get right. discounts at places and I don't know and get that dream job that you've always been wanting <laughs> yes <laughs> get the dream job <laughs> the dream job well other than podcasting 24 hours a day I can't imagine a better job I know and right that, yeah we, that's what we'll have to do we're, yeah. we're working this <laughs> God, somebody wouldn't pay me to talk <laughs> Okay. Well, hey, I think uh, we've had a great show, Conspiracy Theories. We talked a little bit about clout here at the end, urban legends, Snopes, factor fiction. We've covered it all. And uh, if you get a chance, have a few green M&Ms today. They don't do anything for you. They make me horny, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. For TJ Talks. I'm Green M&M Eaton Judd. <laughs> and I'm the please remove all the brown M&Ms from my bowl, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> and we will chat with you next week. Talk at you later. want to be known for it that's for sure wow you know you just you got the end of this podcast for sure with that one